0: You are now experiencing the roller coaster known as country music. Sit back, relax, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. Fasten your seat belts and be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses. Now, without further ado, your guides Ryan and Jordan. This is the Country Music Critic. We got two bags
1: of Cheetos, two bags of Goldfish, and four bags of
2: gummies. We're ready for revival.
3: So are we going to use that forever?
2: <laughs> I don't know. Like, I like it. You know, it's kind of catchy. Mm-hmm. Or we might find something every week that's funny. Oh,
3: uh, yeah. I like that there. idea. I like that idea. You think so? I like that. But I don't know. Yeah. Over and over. There's only so many goldfish and so many, you know, gummies. and <laughs>
2: I don't know. I know yeah. some kids that have it off. Yeah. You know? Well,
3: we need to be ready for uh, yeah, revival. But, yeah hey oh, man like we need to find something don't we every week
2: um so i thought the last episode was good yeah i did too you know we we almost hit a record two hours
3: i know you know he was long-winded but you so, know he he actually answered the questions and like he was entertaining yeah. he was inner you know energetic
2: See, I was worried for a bit, because I was like, well, we kind of rambled for about an hour before our guest. Before, yeah. Because we could have almost had two episodes out of that.
3: We really could have.
2: You know, but it is what it is. Yeah. I thought Uh, it went
3: really well. You know, usually when you interview somebody, they like, I don't know, only give you like a small answer. They don't really go into anything. He did, he did, I mean... if anything, he gave us too much information. But, I mean, yeah. he, I thought he did great. I did,
2: too. I got some clips coming out. And, folks, go check it out. Miller Holler, Don't Sell the Farm. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal video.
3: Oh, yeah. It's a real cool video. I thought video. it was really
2: awesome. i tell you something that is just mind-blowing. Is, as much as Chris Jansen is out on the road. I mean, like... I know it can be done because nowadays and time we have jets, we have money, right. and as long as you have money, you can get almost anything done. Yeah. But like for him to be in Miami mm-hmm. at 3:30 mm-hmm. and then play a sold-out show in Oak Grove, Kentucky mm-hmm. at 7:30. <laughs> yeah. That just blows my mind. Like, does the band come? Do they bring their guitars, or is everything set up? Do they have two sets of road gear? I mean, these are millions of questions that I need answered.
3: Right. That's a a lot of moving parts there. That
2: is a lot. And you know that check is fat. It's got to be. It's got to be. To accommodate a schedule like that. Yeah. And like Chris, he doesn't seem like it bothers him.
3: No. He's a pro. and,
2: And that's the thing. Like, you have artists winning Entertainer of the Year, that are. No joke. They're selling out arenas and yeah. first thing, another. But I mean, he's putting the miles on the boots.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he's doing what he needs to do in order to take that next step. Yes. And, and I mean, it's I w- just wow. I expect him, yeah, to take that next step. Yeah. Soon.
2: It's going to be pretty wild. Yeah. I so. agree.
3: It's impressive what he's able to do. But that just goes to show if you put your mind to it and you work as hard as you possibly can you're gonna get there that's like
2: this house i'm hoping it's done (laughs) well eventually you're gonna get there i hope so my goal is the master bedroom the master bathroom and the living room by christmas so i can have an eight foot christmas tree yeah but you really can't have people over till the kitchen's done well the kitchen's (laughs) eighteen thousand dollars You know, and like I have itemized stuff so much that I'm like, can't do it no more because you can't work on your kitchen until you can find a way to feed your kids while you're working on your kitchen. Right. So do I want to eat out for two weeks straight? Why not? We do anyway. You know? (laughs) So anyways, today, before we dive too deep, we had a good weekend, I thought went to church they talked about our personalities and mine was today number four i'm one of those people who like to show off my achievements and throw it in your face until you see it too (laughs) now i don't agree with that but some of it i do agree with like i want you to see that i'm working hard Mm -hmm. obviously oh yeah But anyways, on the way home, I did probably one of the worst things that a person can do in 2023. And that's answer your phone on speakerphone. Because the girl next door, they are awesome neighbors. And she's like, my sister-in-law is the same age as Presley. They kind of know each other. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go to E-Town to a jump air zone. Mm -hmm. And wanted to know if Presley wanted to go with us. Well, my son's always riding shotgun. And he's like, yeah, I'll go. And I'm like, <laughs> she kind of invited her,
1: mm-hmm. Just but her. yeah,
2: I'll see. And he's like, okay, I have no problem with going. Well, of course, <laughs> Presley has a major problem with him going. Yeah, because she's trying to make friends, and she's fifteen, mm-hmm. not fifteen, fourteen, and she doesn't want her eleven-year-old brother
3: coming. Yeah, understandable.
2: So I told him I was like, all right, I'll call up one of your buddies. They can come over even if i got to go get them to play basketball. Mm-hmm. One turned into four.
3: Yeah. I've and they're hungry, mm-hmm. and they
2: want something to drink.
3: <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. old
2: dad's catering for the next three hours. Oh, yeah. And you can't just let them play in the road, play basketball.
3: Mm-hmm. Take them to the park.
2: No, we played in the road, but I had to stay <laughs> oh, out there with them.
3: <laughs> I you were saying, you can't just let them <laughs> no, play in the road. No,
2: no. Yeah. And, like, there was five of them. And they needed a six for basketball. Did you go out there and play? I tried. But, like, it was so much. Like, intense. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know which kid to throw the ball to because they're all the same height.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: like, I'm trying to play fair, and they're elbowing the shit out of each other. Nobody's crying. Yeah. But, like, these boys came to play street ball. Yeah. And I was like, I better go check the pizza. Y'all figure it out.
3: You know? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So, anyways, I take him home, and Jace is like, Presley's not home yet. And I'm like, that's not your business. He's like, well, if she gets to spend the night, I should be able to spend the night with one of my friends. I was like, all right, this is where I'm putting the law down.
3: Yeah. Like, mm. no, bro. You know? That's not how that works.
2: Anyways, <laughs> tomorrow, I hope that I get to do what I want to do, which is pressure wash the porch.
3: Mm. Like,
2: I don't have hobbies. Besides Our wants this. are
3: different, <laughs> huh? Our wants are different. <laughs> yeah, like I
2: want to do stuff to make my house better. Mm-hmm. You know.
3: Well, at the same time, you have, you know, this goal on your house, and
2: that is ever haunting me. Yeah.
3: Well, and I'm, I, hey, you're getting it done,
2: and I'm gonna have a good outcome.
3: Yeah, like oh, it's 100%. gonna be worth
2: something. I'm gonna be able to come home and be like normal people and like relax. Hundred percent. You know? Mm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyways, how was your week?
3: Uh it was good, man. I was busy. I worked a lot.
2: Yeah. Any new routes or new oh, yeah. dogs chasing you?
3: Ooh.
2: Oh yeah, they do, huh?
3: Have you heard of you know, about the uh yeah, mail carrier? He's the same position as me in Hart County. It, you know, happened in Mumfordville. No. Um there is a protocol and when you're a mailman and you have a package that goes Yeah, too big for the mailbox. You got to take it to the porch, right? Um, There's a guy in uh, Mumfordville, Kentucky, which is right up the road. Um, He had a package. There was a note in the account that says, if you have to deliver a package that is uh, too big for the mailbox, you go up to the porch, you set it on there, but if you see any of the dogs, do not get out. Um. Do not have the owner of the dogs open the door until you get back in your vehicle.
2: That's a lot of instruction.
3: Well, it's for good reason. Because he delivered this package, and as he was walking on his way back to his vehicle, the owner, a girl in her 20s, probably maybe 30s, she opened her door.
2: Was she hot?
3: I don't know. I was not there. And I don't (laughs) think he he knew either. Uh, He didn't know what hit him. She opened the door. Four dogs run out.
2: Holy shit.
3: They attack him. Wow. He's lucky to be alive. They ripped one of his ears almost completely off his head. Oh, my God. There gosh. is not a 10-inch spot on his body that is not you know cut with a dog's tooth. If I had to venture a guess, I saw the pictures because his mom works for my wife. If... I had to guess that man, and he's in his 20s as well. He's a he's young, young guy. He's been delivering mail for a couple of years now. But if I had to guess, he probably had around 280, 290 stitches. Wow. Lucky to be alive. Like he, like I don't know. They had to shoot one of the dogs to get him to stop. They wouldn't stop. Wow. They had him, they were, you know, four dogs had him on the ground, just tearing into him.
2: And and it's like, here's the thing. It shouldn't fall back on his job. It should fall back on the homeowner. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to have dogs that are that aggressive, mm-hmm. you need to find a way to control them. And oh. if you can't, you ought to be sued over
3: it. I, I, I think that's going to happen. I mean, it ought to. And you have all right let's just say your dog jumped out outside and started attacking you know, the mail carrier what would you do yeah first thing
2: i hope it never happens but like i do see how it could accidentally happen because yeah. i have a dog that sometimes it'll throw its whole weight
3: right, right, right and of
2: course i don't think my dog would ever hurt nobody yeah. but like, I see where accidents happen before but dogs.
3: If your dog jumped out there and you've seen that the mail carrier was hurt, you know, what would you do?
2: I would have to do anything possible to get that dog off of him.
3: Well, yeah, but would you call anybody? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. You-
3: yeah, the owner didn't call. She sat on the porch, smoked a cigarette, and watched it. Are you serious? She yelled for her five year old kid to go get her, uh, you know, his uh, grandpa, which was next door and to tell him what was going on. So his you know, so the little kid's grandpa then brought a gun over, shot the lead you know, dog, and they still never found that dog because it didn't die immediately. It ran off, and they followed a blood trail for two hours, couldn't find the dog. She didn't call 911. She stood on the porch and smoked a cigarette and watched the whole she thing. She
2: should be criminally charged. She's going
3: to be. I don't know if she realizes this yet, but she's going to be sued. Wow. And probably by... Him, and by the federal government. Yeah. Because you can. That's negligence. Oh, yeah. If you're going to have that amount of animals around you, you have to have responsibility for them. And she just stood there. while well, He, he could have died in her yard. Yeah. Awful. But, yeah. Well,
2: here's my thoughts, too. I used to set up hospital beds in homes for three years. And when I would go over, oh, that dog won't bark. Or bite, even though it looks Mm -hmm. like it wants to bite you. I feel like if you have a guest or you have a service coming into your home, it's your responsibility to move that dog. Now, don't get me wrong. My dog thinks that every room in the house is his. Mm -hmm. Granted, it may be, but when I ask someone else to come into his environment, it is my responsibility to put him in a room that he cannot Mm -hmm. get to them at that's correct you
3: know we got one of the same situations you know our inside dog she's she's mean she's bit me a few times she's bit a few other people just like around her ankle so anytime somebody comes over she stays in a room that nobody's going in
1: right
3: and she'll bark the whole time she'll let you know she's not happy about it yeah but that's what you got to do
2: yeah you just do that that is crazy i can't believe i didn't hear about that how long ago was it
3: it's a tuesday oh really fresh it was this past tuesday um wow i was actually having to work for another office and uh, my wife called me of course you know, she got the message from his mom and she said if you see a dog don't get out at all <laughs> I don't care if it like a, my mom. If it's the tiniest little poodle, it's cute, and it's just if it's purring at you. She said, "I don't care. Don't get out." Yeah. So yeah. I have learned
2: though, like with my dog, the tail does not lie. If you it's saw. wagging, mm-hmm. you're pretty safe. Yeah. But sometimes if you
3: don't know the dog's there. Then yeah, you don't know what that tail's doing. That's wow. scary. That very Cause that's very because that's something I got to deal with every day. You know. Yeah,
2: for sure. That's like, you know, my boss said, well, you can bring your dog to work. I have a standard doodle because they just look like a teddy bear. But, like, I don't want to put that fear in someone else. Yeah. You know, I do not And you never know see, when a
3: customer is going to walk in and be scared to death of dogs. Right. Know? I have you, a nephew scared know. of dogs. And, and,
2: like, his way of saying hi is barking.
3: Yeah. You know, and like. A lot of people don't like that. No. Nah. That language. Yeah, at all.
2: <laughs> so. But uh, anyways, besides that, did your kids win the World Series?
3: Hm Well, I actually won a game. Yeah. By default, it uh, timed out, so the <laughs> other team couldn't score enough <laughs> runs to tie it. I see.
2: <sighs> he's
3: he knows that I'm impatient with him, like when it yeah, comes to t-ball, because I tell. want I want I want him just to listen. I want him to pay attention and just be engaged in the game. And when he's yeah, bending down and picking up a handful of chalk or a handful of dirt and, like, throwing it at me. Yeah. Huh, he knows I just want to tear his ass up. Right. Like, I just want to <laughs> take him out of there and bend him over my knee and in front of it. But you can't do that. And, no. But I'm getting better when it comes to the patients, and he's getting better, too.
2: Do you think it's because you have such a passion for the game?
3: Maybe. And I'm really competitive. I yeah. think that's got a lot to do with it. Well, that and, and at the same time, I know how all the kids on the team can play. I know he'll—he's really good. Yeah. If he just pull his head out of his ass, like if he would just <laughs> actually try and yeah. he quit being so silly, yeah, he would be really good. How and he—he he does really good when he even half, yeah, you know, nonchalantly plays. Right. He's four. Getting ready to be five in September. <laughs>
2: yeah he ain't worried No, (laughs) he ain't got a care in the world got no worries my buddies are here Mm -hmm. my dad's here you know Mm -hmm. that's cool to him oh yeah you know
3: now the youngest one the two-year-old soon as we get to the ballpark soon as you get him out of your seat he looks up and he sees where he's at he says I'm gonna go somewhere else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna go somewhere else. Yeah, he
2: don't care for sports.
3: Yeah, he likes sports. He wants to play though. Uh, he don't like watching
2: it. He realizes. That he's not he
3: knows gonna he's gonna have, to, have to sit there and watch everybody else play. Well, he just sits, <laughs> he's got the stories, but yeah. he wants to go out there and play ball. Go somewhere else. Look, I'm gonna go somewhere else. <laughs> he's oh cute. wow.
2: But... Well, so I feel like we've been on this roll or run for a while to where we just talk about men so i figured this week we would talk about an artist that uh i was pretty impressed with some of the stuff that she's had to deal with i actually went to high school with her niece oh yeah yeah i did and they kind of favored actually Hmm. Uh, at least that's what she told everybody (laughs) i never did (laughs) get to like see the proof
3: right you right. know
2: but like i believed it because she favored her mm-hmm. a lot so let am
3: see at 23 and me huh the 23 and me the little 23 yeah do you know what that is Mm-mm. yeah 23 and me is like uh genetic testing like where you send your saliva in
2: oh yeah, yeah. that's cool yeah.
3: Hmm. So
2: i tell you one thing before we dive into this i've got to see that brett Kreischer.
3: Movie, yeah, Bert Kreischer, yeah.
2: I did not know that they made a whole movie out of the joke. Oh, yeah, the machine. I mean, that's impressive.
3: Well, I to mean, tell it's a joke. It's a that true turns story. A movie. It's a true story. You think so? Yeah, yeah. He's there's It's been proved. Yeah, it's been proven.
2: Wow.
3: <laughs> by police reports in Russia, like it's been proven that it happened. That is wow. It's called the Machine, folks. If you don't know anything about Burt Kreischer, when he was in college, he did an exchange trip and he went to Russia. and i'll let y'all just you know <clears throat> discover insane. it all yeah but it,
2: it is insane
3: he's had this idea about doing a movie kind of adding on to the story yeah. but i mean everything in the movie's all oh, yeah. all just made up but it kind of spins off the true story of what happened to him when he was <laughs> in college and it's just ridiculous but if you if you know anything about him everything that happened in that story it, you can see it happening to him. Yeah. Just because... I'm yeah. not I'm not going to say he's dumb, because he's not dumb, but he he's does some pretty dumb pretty things. <laughs> yeah,
2: he's goofy. So, yeah. All right, folks. So this week on the Country Music Critic, we're going to be talking about Pamela...
3: Yvonne...
2: Tillis, born July 24th, 1957, also known as the legendary Pam Tillis. Mm-hmm. All right, so she was born in Plant City, Florida. She was the oldest of five children. She was also the daughter of the great Mel Tillis, the country singer. Uh, Because her father was a country music musician, she spent most of her early life in Nashville, Tennessee. When she was eight, her father invited her to sing a song on the Opry stage. So that's pretty cool to be eight to be able to do that. She began piano lessons and taught herself how to play guitar by the time she was 12. But tragedy struck when she was 16. She was nearly killed in a car accident. She underwent five surgeries. Underwent five years of surgeries. My my fault there. Including facial reconstruction. Mm. That's got to be painful.
3: Oh yeah, especially them... You know those years. Oh yeah, because the other kids around, you know how mean yeah. they are. Oh, I not, so. my daughter Especially had a, a girl in the
2: eye, and she wanted to skip school over it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Pam described her relationship with her father as strict, and sure. they often felt annihil- annihilated from him. She also started, or she also stated that her father disapproved of her musical interest. At that time, she was into. Linda Rodstad and the Eagles. Mm -hmm. I mean, who wasn't at that time? Yeah, the Eagles, still great.
3: And for girls, Linda Rodstad, she was huge.
2: See, I don't. What was her big hit? I've heard the name a million times, but I can't put it with a
3: song. Uh, I don't know the name. I'll look it up.
2: All right. So she enrolled in the University of Tennessee, where she performed with two different groups.
3: Boo. I don't like University of Tennessee.
2: I know, right? Mm. So she dropped out of college around nineteen seventy six and moved to San Francisco, California. There, she found another band that she hung out with. They played jazz and rock. Uh, she also sold Avon products for additional income. She briefly worked as a backup vocalist in her father's road band, but later quit this role over creative differences.
3: Okay, Linda Ronstadt songs. You know uh, uh Blue Bayou? Um uh, Blue right Bayou. I don't think so. Oh yeah you know that song. Let me see. Are you mm. gonna play it? See if it's if it's not too bad maybe.
2: You got your volume up
3: naturally I got the The live version. Yeah.
2: Maybe I've heard it. I don't know though. I don't know what?
3: It's not sounding very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't. It keeps going to the middle of the song. Yeah, that one. Sorry about that, folks. That's all good. <laughs>
2: 1981, she signs a record deal while she was out in California, but not long because she was. They were trying to push her to be a pop singer, and she wasn't happy with that. So she comes back to Nashville, releases four singles. They didn't even chart. One of these was Those Memories of You, which later topped as a top five hit for Dolly Parton and Emily Lou Harris. Emily Lou Harris, however you say it. I always get it wrong. Emily Lou. Yes. So due to her performance of her single, Tillis was dropped from Warner Brothers in 1987. So she briefly had a record deal from 81 to 87 with zero success. I mean, nothing. Um, Even though that she didn't have any success, she was nominated in 1986 for a top new male vocal or a female, female vocalist. Yep. Yeah. Our words are running together, mm-hmm. you know? So anyways, it didn't go well for her. Around mid-1987, or eighteen Lord have mercy. <laughs> la, Pull it together. <laughs> yes. In mid-1989, mm-hmm. she signs another record deal with the famous Clive Davis.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
2: you've heard that name with Whitney Houston. Yes. Stuff like that. She was signed at the time. The only other five artists on this label was Alan Jackson, Leroy Parnell, Michelle Wright, and Asleep at the Wheel, which if you know country music, they were pretty big. Yeah. So during this time, she wrote a lot of songs for other artists. That pushed her all the way up into, like, 90. And in 1980, 1990, Lord have mercy, 1990, she released Don't Tell Me What to Do, which is this song right here. Have you heard that song before? Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. It's not my favorite of hers, but it's it's a good song. It's catchy.
2: It was her first song to ever go number one. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of when her luck starts to turn around. Because can you imagine having that much pull, but going through that much struggle, Mm -hmm. and having a record deal for almost seven years with nothing?
3: Right. You know, she had the connection with her father, but it really sounds like she was not really supported by him in her endeavor to be a singer no so, not at all uh you got to applaud her effort and her determination to make it cuz obviously she wanted it cuz she went for years without without doing anything and then yeah. finally she gets her chance and you know, with this new label that and yeah, mind you Alan Jackson's on so it's right. a pretty good place to be but and then she makes the most of it i mean she yeah i mean she went on she had some great songs yeah so
2: so the next release become the song that is basically her signature song when you think of Pam Tillis you think of this song right here That's my favorite one maybe it was memphis Who hasn't sung that song to the top of their lungs with the <laughs> yeah. windows down? Oh, yeah. You know, because when this song came out, air conditioning was not very popular. No. While you were driving.
3: Yeah, not in these parts, anyway.
2: Right. Well, so,
3: I want—I I do want to point out, you said they tried to push her as a pop singer. They did. Her you know, vocal style in these songs is very popish from the 80s. Like, it's very 80s-style pop. Yeah. Like, it's... All the runs are right there with the rest of the pop songs, you know? But it's got those instruments that you'll find in other yeah, you know, country songs, which is what kind of brings it you know, country and it, it kinda of brings it back to what her you know, father used to used to be a part of. But she's extremely popish at the time. So I wonder if they would look at her like You know, maybe she's ruining country, like in the 90s. I wonder if they thought that.
2: They could have. The same way that we do now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And this song right here was so massive for her that uh, the CMA is nominated Tillis both in 1991, 1992 for the Horizon Award, which is now called the Best New Artist Award.
3: Did you say, I'm sorry to interrupt, did you say she was on... I don't know if you said the record label. You say it was by Clive Owen. Who is the record label? It is Arista. Oh, so it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't Sony. Oh no. Okay, because no. I didn't know if we were gonna have another uh, remake next year to win song and single of the year because right, you know, and then we have this song just yeah. know, changed up a little bit. Well, but I mean, Sony don't own it, so he's not gonna touch it.
2: He, well, the scary part is <laughs> if somebody got away with it once. They may try to do it again.
3: Oh, yeah. I'm sure they will. That's the
2: scary part of somebody like that winning. Yeah. is because now it's put it into everybody's head. Let's just remake Chattahoochee.
3: Well. You know? Depends who owns it, whether they can or not. You know? Sony owned that song, so we'll see. So,
2: anyway, she was nominated for almost anything that you could think of that had to do with this song. Uh, Single of the year was uh Don't Tell Me What to Do in 1991 and maybe it was Memphis one year later was also nominated which is pretty impressive Oh yeah she was nominated as the top female vocalist 5 times between 1991 to 1995 Maybe it was Memphis also gave her her first Grammy nomination in the category of best female country vocal performance at the 35th grammy awards in 1993 Mm -hmm. so i mean talk about one song that really shaped it up for all them years of selling Mm -hmm. avon out the back of the car (laughs) you know
3: it paid off so
2: 1992 comes along and she releases this song shake the sugar tree
1: Of your words that I wanna hear. You've been neglecting me, you know. Jealousy, it is bitter as a green spring berry, and just like fruit from a fickle vine, it turns sweet in the nick of time. Love, you only come alive when you're losing me, and it's a childish game got to shake you up just to wake you up to make you love me I'll shake the sugar tree till i feel
2: such a great song. I I really like that one. You? Uh,
3: it's a, It's okay. Yeah. I mean right. it's good. It's not. I'm not I'm not a huge fan. You think of the fan. 90s. Yeah. 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 So, uh
2: 1994 she released Spilled Perfume, which she co-wrote with Dean Dillon, one of the biggest George Strait songwriters of all time. And the next year, I will let you pronounce this song. Because there's no way that I could even begin to pronounce this song.
3: Me Vida Loca.
2: Yes, this song right here was very big. It also ended up on the Billboard charts and the RPM charts at the time.
1: It's just a flat. Well, here we If go. you're coming with me, you need nerves of steel. <laughs> Cause I take corners on you. But it's never.
2: did like songs like that like clay walker had a song like that yeah it's a lot of that mexican feel in it and like i get it it's probably a fun song to perform or whatever Mm -hmm. but they always put words in it that could old country boys like me can't pronounce you know and it throws (laughs) me for a loop like i know the sound but anyways here's a little clip of uh spilt perfume that i mean it it did good for but it wasn't one of those songs that kind of put her on a map. I mean, she had that big release of Memphis, right? And then here we are trying to to come up with something else. Yeah,
3: it's hard to catch you know, lightning in a bottle twice, you know. Right. And yeah, you know, maybe it was Memphis was. I mean, it was the biggest song in country music that year. Uh, oh just, yeah. I'm so. It's very hard to do that twice. It is if you're one artist. So, I mean, she had she had some good hits, but if you have a song that does that good on the charts in the industry, it's very hard to you know, duplicate. That.
2: It's it's almost scary. Yeah.
3: As an artist, you know you, you can do it because you have done it. Right. But you're spinning your wheels and you're just throwing all this wet spaghetti at the wall to see what's going to (laughs) stick and and it might not stick you know (laughs) well if you
2: think about it the 90s okay it would have been so cool to be an artist in the 90s but at the same time it would have been so intimidating because we think now that we have good music being released every day Mm -hmm. but back then it was it just depended on which one made it to the radio. And I mean, you had Garth, you had Alan Jackson, yep. Clint Black, Sammy Kershaw, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill,
3: George Strait,
2: George Strait, <laughs> yes, Dwight Yoakam. Look at all the names. Like you... it, it's insane. Like for her to even have a hit, for one person mm-hmm. to have a hit in the nineties, yeah. is worth talking about.
3: Yeah, because I mean, you had these iconic stars that were in charge of the industry yep. in the 90s. And for somebody else to yeah you know, wiggle their way onto a chart yep. and get to the top is huge. It was almost impossible.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you even had Shania Twain, Toby mm-hmm. Keith. I mean, Lord have mercy. And I guess that's kind of what I like so much about Chris Jansen because I see him as an artist from that time tour-wise. Like, they were on the road in the 90s mm-hmm. because you were not sitting at home on TikTok with a filter mastering a song mm-hmm. before you released it. You were earning the fans by playing all the shithole county fairs. Right. Begging radio yeah. to play it. And like I feel like Chris is, he's on that path roadwise. He is. You know. But you
3: gotta do the other stuff now too. You gotta do the online stuff because unfortunately, everybody else is doing it and you'll... You're not gonna reach as many people as you need to reach unless you do. But
1: here's
2: here's a little taste of spilt perfume. This
3: stuff's expensive. I know, right? <laughs>
2: She just barely that opens, that opens that her mouth And no. these tunes <laughs> come out
1: You look like something That the cat drug in So I won't kick you out you're down. Just let me tell you Friend friend Valley block I've been
2: I just love that. I like that song. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, clever, it, and it's a country song.
3: It is, <clears throat> you know. It is, and it's. And Dylan was something that you don't hear a lot. In the song, you know. Don't worry no. about what you did last night, because right. a lot of times women are afraid to touch on that because they're afraid they're going to be seen as a whore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I mean, put it mildly, but yeah.
2: Would you ever see a female covering half the songs that Morgan Wallen covers? Not at all.
3: No. They wouldn't make it. They would be seen as, uh, and I hate to say this, but they would be seen as a hack because oh, yeah. all they sing is about to get her some help. Yeah. yeah. She, you she would have to get help. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like this lady needs help.
3: <laughs> as, yeah. Speaking of Morgan Waller, have you seen the video where if you, if you speed up his uh, vocals, he sounds like Miley Cyrus. Have you Absolutely, seen it? And yeah. he does. He sounds like it. Don't. It's not as like exact as a lot of the yeah you know, people say that it is, but it's close.
2: And and here's another thing. Like AI, have you seen how much it's taken off? I accidentally opened up. It had the Joe Rogan logo. It said Joe Rogan, Donald Trump. Yeah. Sounded just like that. It happened. And it never happened. It's never happened. And I mean, Joe sounded like Joe and Mm -hmm. Trump sounded like Trump. I mean, it was insane. But here's the thing, folks you can have all that stuff that you want, but they'll never be able to come put a roof on your house, Mm -mm. wire your house, plumb your house, pressure wash your house. I don't know. They do have some drones that pressure wash.
3: But that. Is not what they're going to use it for. They're going to use it to make people who don't know better believe that that person has actually said something that they never said. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be used for evil eventually.
2: Like taking your voice, calling your mom, and asking to borrow money. Well, well and it's yeah, gonna
3: sound just like you. Something like that, or they're gonna do like. Uh, Act like it's a presidential yeah you know address and it's saying you need to turn in your guns yeah uh, you know, there is a tragedy going on in you know such and such state and here is a charity that you can send this money to
2: and people do and,
3: it yeah and and they will because they you know they think it's the president act or a governor or something like it's it's extremely scary how they can, you know, copy, you know, people's voices and their their you know cadence and how they talk and all the subjects that they talk about. I've seen those interviews that you know Joe Rogan did not do. It, <laughs> like, it can they can
2: do it in thirty seconds.
3: Yeah, and like ChatGPT now, you can you can do anything with Chat. I mean, you can write. You can have them. You can tell ChatGPT to write a song about hairless cats in the style of, you know, Morgan Wallen and it'll do it. And it'll be very similar to some of the other songs that he's done like <laughs> along the same lines. Yeah. And it'll, it'll 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 create a song. It's ridiculous. Wow. And it's just going to get more and more and more advanced.
2: Do you think Cole Swindell has that app on his phone? Uh I don't I think he's Maybe got that's a, too much.
3: I think he's got a bunch of other people that do that for him. <laughs> <I don't Yeah. laughs>
2: All right, so the next song that she releases is called I Was Blown Away. It made it to number 16 before Tillis requested to have the song withdrawn because it was during the time of the Oklahoma City bombing. And she thought that it was inappropriate to have a title like that on the radio, which I get it. I remember when that happened. to you? I
3: remember the bombing. I don't remember the whole thing with the song. Oh,
2: no. I don't remember the song either. But I remember the bombing. That was so tragic. I mean, just insane.
3: It was right underneath a daycare. Yeah, I mean, it's
2: it's horrible. I do have to tell this joke, though, about my sister. (laughs) And and its I know I couldn't have picked a worse time. Weird timing. Yeah. We were going to Disney World that year. My grandpa had brought all grandkids. I think there was six of us—our moms, our dads. I mean, it was kind of—it was the 25th anniversary. It was a big deal. We took like four cars. Yeah. We come into Florida. This building had just been demolished. Mm. My sister is in the back seat and leans over and says. Was that the Oklahoma City bombing? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Heather, we're in Florida. The Oklahoma City bombing, you know? We made fun of her for years over that. Even though it's very tragic. And, like, there's no cool way to say that story. No. But it is a funny story. She didn't. That was before phones, man. Like, you didn't know where nothing was.
3: I'll tell you something funny about my wife that she'll never hear because she doesn't listen. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yeah. When well, I like she... texted the clip to tune in. <laughs> this was, she was like 20 when she said this, okay? <laughs> it's not like she was a kid. She was 20. Yeah. Um, they were in conversation. It was her family and her you know, a ghost of uh, Christmas past is what I'll call him. Yeah um ex yeah (laughs) they're all together and i I don't know how exactly it came up but she said somebody said somebody made a comment about the moon and she said which one i said what are you talking about (laughs) she said well there's two moons what do you mean two moons well, there's the one at night, and then there's the one you can see sometimes during the day. <laughs> she thought they were different. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, she was a grown-ass adult. And, like, she believed it. She was in She's in college, yeah. I mean. And she, she believed it. She's now a doctor, folks. So <laughs> <laughs> if nobody had told her any different, she would have never knew. Oh, <laughs> but they made so much fun of her for that. And wow. I still make comments every now and then, just bringing it up. Yeah. She's supposed to be smart. The two moons, yeah. <laughs> two moons of Kentucky. <laughs> right.
2: So the next five years, she sings with a lot of people. All right. She uh, releases a song, In Between Dances. It reached top five. During this time, she played a concert to benefit Nashville Cares, a local organization that was uh, during the AIDS time. In 95, when that was a big deal. You know, like, I mean, it still is a big deal, but Mm -hmm. still. So, uh, in 2000, country singer Little Jimmy Dickens invites Pam to become the next member of the Grand Ole Opry. Marty Stewart inducted her on August 26, 2000. That's crazy how long ago that's been. Later that year, she appeared at a ceremony honoring the 75th anniversary which was televised on kenny chesney's 2000 single i lost it she is featured in the background singing and for years i used to sing that song i loved that song and i never knew she was in the background singing it and i went back and listened to it when we were doing this episode and it's very clear that it's her 2007 the country music hall of fame opened and exhibited and it had artifacts from her and her father's musical career which i thought that was pretty cool uh june of 2022 pam has been nominated to be inducted into the nashville songwriters hall of fame along beside brad paisley shania twain though shania twain ultimately won the honor. How in the world? But I get it. Um, Being a daughter of a country music musician, she is always being compared to her father right. because of this. She told the associate press in 2017 that the best advice that she can give is to be yourself. She also said that her father exposed her to other musical influences besides herself, like Patsy Klein, Loretta Lynn, despite this, she has noted that her father was very strict. We knew that. She stated that he wouldn't even let her listen to the Beatles. I mean, he's hardcore country, you know? She has been on five TV shows, including Nashville and the Drag Queen show. She was on that. And another show called Plus One. It was actually a movie, Plus One. Pam Tillis' first marriage was to a guy in 1978. The couple had one son named Ben, who uh, Tillis was pregnant with, when the couple divorced. She told Weekly in 2019 that the divorce was over his alcoholism. She just wasn't ready to be in a relationship. 1991... She marries her guitarist and they are together for a very long time. But not long after that, they seek a divorce. Then in 2001, she married uh, her producer and the two stayed married until 2009. Since then, she has released 14 albums has a net worth of $10 million, a few awards, and is a member of the Grand Old Opry. I think she's had a pretty impressive career. She has. For you know? sure. I mean, I'm a fan. You yeah. know, I, I like
3: fe- her story. She's got a good story.
2: I feel like maybe she might have been cheated a few times.
3: She's been cheated. You mystery. know? Yeah. I, I do. Oh yeah I'm sure
2: Because of you know a lot of things mm-hmm. You know that might especially, have not took her serious Especially
3: or, in the 90s women yeah. weren't treated the best In no, country music No, not They at still all. aren't exactly but They're treated a lot better now than they used to be
2: Oh for sure Paid because a lot more The industry respected a lot more. took
3: advantage of women in the 90s Yes for and sure Because the, they were I mean we're talking Some of the most talented people In music were in country music in the 90s and they were basically picked apart you yeah. know what's called henpecked, is the old saying they were henpecked for everything didn't make much you know, money compared to the men and I, i'm glad that it's a whole different atmosphere now because otherwise all the real talented women wouldn't have stayed around you no know?
2: and you gotta look at it like this too She started in music in like 76. So you got 86 is 10 years of just so much up and down. She even sung like radio jingles. I mean Mm -hmm. she did all kinds of odd ends to make it. And it was, she tried for almost 20 years before getting success. Mm -hmm. I mean having a dad that's famous and it still took you 20 years. And then the car wreck you know, reconstructing her whole face at 16. Yeah, at that age, that's
3: insane. Yeah. I mean, let's think about it. She was really big from 91 to 95. In 1997, she turned 40. So, I mean, you think about that. Yeah,
2: look at the hard work, you know?
3: (laughs) A lot of people, if they make it to, you know, 31 or 32, and they haven't made it yet, and they really haven't even... Yeah, made it an inch. I mean, they're going to give up.
2: Well, and, and it kind of it reminds me of, like, my story. You know, I gave up when I was 23 when I found out that I was having a baby mm-hmm. because I felt like that that's what I needed to do. But at the same time, I regretted it because, hey, if I would have tried it just a little bit longer, I was in my yeah. prime making great friends but I had been kicked in the face by the industry because, I, you know, we grew up in a time where you had to go play the shows. Right. We didn't have TikTok, you know?
3: I think a lot of times they, you know, kick you in the face just to see how you respond. Yeah. yeah. And
2: I felt like I was more of an entertainer than a vocalist. So, like, I don't think TikTok would have helped me. Mm-hmm. But, like, maybe if somebody leaked my performance. Right. You know, it might Like a show. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but anyways, I hope that one day my kids pick it up. You know, yeah. But my boy right now, he wants to be an NBA star. Mm-hmm. So, you know.
3: Well, that's a that's a rough road too. Yes, that's I, the I watched of the, the, best of the best.
2: I watched that movie on Nike and Jordan.
3: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool.
2: I mean, talk about his mama being smart. I mean, yeah. if he not, didn't have his mama, yeah, he wouldn't have that deal. They every to, pair of shoes sold today, he still gets it on the Jordans. He still
3: makes gets it. millions every year. Yeah, like I'm talking hundreds of millions every year on his shoes.
2: I mean, it's insane.
3: Um, I want to ask you: Have you seen the uh, you know concert series Garth Brooks doing in Vegas? You, I heard about it is uh yeah trevor out there with him doing this
2: you know i don't know i don't know if he is or not um that's a good question to ask
3: have you seen this set list
2: yeah it's a lot of covers a lot of cover songs
3: y- yeah it is and let's just that would be so entertaining <laughs> you think so i do really I and mean, he plays all his biggest hits
2: oh yeah call baton rouge friends in all mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. but he also covers a lot of and it's not just country
3: covers no it's yeah. not
2: i and, think turn the pages on there
3: yeah which he played that when we were there yeah but um it was i seen that set list i'm like you gotta be kidding me that Yeah, that'd be a good trip for you and your wife. She would love to plan that. I've never been to Vegas, so she didn't either. I I haven't either. But
2: here's the thing: like I've seen Garth now twice.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: I think I'm about Garth out. I mean, it'd be cool if I had exclusive access. Right,
3: that You know, it'd be cool. Any, you know, any show for that. But yeah, here is the set list. of What do you play? This is May the eighteenth of this year. This was at Caesar, I think, is where he's playing at. The first song he came out was Against the Wind by Bob Seger, the the Bob Seger cover. Against the Wind. Yeah, Don't Close Your Eyes. Yeah, Keith Whitley cover.
2: Still not done a Garth yet.
3: She's Every Woman. There you go. Rodeo. There you go. Two of a kind. Uh, Two Pina Coladas. Uh, Much too young to feel this damn old. The River. Then he comes with another cover, Night Moves. He he likes playing some Bob Seger.
2: And and here's the thing. A lot of these songs sound great acoustically.
3: Yeah. yeah. You
2: know, they're, they're not the big production.
3: And he usually does do it acoustically to give his you know, a band a little bit of a break, I yeah. think. A breather. Uh, and then he played That Summer. It was his 10th song. And he played Turn the Page by Bob Seger. Yep. We were just talking about uh, Thunder Rolls, Wolves, I Told You So, the uh, Randy Travis cover. A uh, pleasure in the pain. That's a new song with yeah. his. Uh, Change the world. Eric Clapton cover. Uh, then seventeenth song was Colin Baton Rouge. Then he sang Shallow with uh, Trisha. Yeah. Which I mean, he did that at our show. Golden Ring. He did the hook. George yeah. Jones. Yeah, George Jones. Yeah, Tammy Wynette. Uh, Whiskey to wine with Trisha. She's in love with the boy. Was yeah. Trisha did that one. Yeah. And then uh, Papa Loves Mama, Shameless. And then he went into the George Strait version of it. This is what I would love to hear. Because yeah. him and George Strait were the kings of the 90s. They had oh, yeah. thrones of their own. They sat side by side. Oh, yeah. Garth and George were the kings. The first song, the uh, 24th song that he sang was uh, Troubadour.
2: Yeah.
3: That would have been awesome. Then he sang Fireman. Then he saying, you look so good in love. Oh, yeah. All George Strait covers. And then Amarillo by Morning, another one. Then he sang Fishing in the Dark.
2: I've heard his version. It's good. Yes.
3: And his 29th and final song, actually, yeah. Yeah, 29th and yeah, final song until the encore was The Dance. Encore comes along, plays Piano Man by Billy Joel. He plays You Never Even Call Me By My Name by David Allen Coe.
2: That's awesome.
3: (laughs) For the 32nd and final song, he played uh, Friends in Low Places.
2: Yeah. Well, and the whole theme of this show is Garth plus one. Yeah. So, like Mm -hmm. they say, he brings out somebody. Not always uh, Trisha is counted Mm -hmm. as the one, but like a guitar player. or He'll always bring out one with him.
3: Right. I think it's really cool.
2: I think his live shows still to this day, that's what kills me. Like, all these girls act crazy over a Morgan Wallen show.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: he's not doing what Garth done. Smashing guitars, jumping all over the place back then. Yeah. I mean, just insane. Yeah. You know?
3: And Garth, to be his age, is still putting on yes. fantastic shows now.
2: I don't know if he'll ever call it quits. I don't know that he will. Like, I don't Why know would he, you he would, if they're he, still he showing to, up?
3: He's got... The vocal talent, but he also knows how to hold every single person in an arena or in a stadium with his entertainment, Yeah. not just his voice. He is a true entertainer. Yeah. He's truly one of the best of the best of the best of the best.
2: If there was ever anybody born to do it. 100%. entertainment wise 100 and like he said that he doesn't even care about the radio no more like releasing new stuff he knows that people come to the show for the old stuff yeah and that's why he does it well you know that's his
3: bread and butter you don't have to yeah. do nothing and either. if it works do it well I'll change it up
2: i'll tell you what i've seen a lot of artists here lately get vocal sick <laughs> it's down to the fifth artist larry fleet but he went ahead and played the show
3: Yeah, I didn't know he. uh, But like, I I keep hearing it more and more often. He's. I think he's going to be at State Fair too.
2: He is. He is. So is Chris Jansen. So if you're in Kentucky, you need to go see it. Yeah. Because it's worth it. It is worth the time, the effort. Going to put on a great show. Everything. He may be in New York City that morning.
3: (laughs) But he's going to be in Kentucky. He'll be there that night. He'll be in Louisville that night. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: So I would. I don't know about rating, Pam. I tell yeah. you where I'd put her. She's four stars, just mm-hmm. because she's genuine. She stuck to her roots. She had a hard life, yeah. and I'm proud of
3: her. I am too. She busted her ass to get where she got, and she went through a lot. I'll give her. I'll give her three. Yeah. Because yes, I mean, she's not. She's not going to be, um, on the Mount Rushmore country music, but she's.
2: She left her mark. That's for Yeah, she sure did. She yeah.
3: sure she's got a street named after her. Ain't that the truth. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So All righty. Well, folks, if there's anybody you want to hear about, um, let us know. That's somebody that yeah you know, yeah, Ryan's been holding in his back pocket for a while. He he's had the research done. He's been wanting to he's been wanting to talk about her for a while. I think he was a really big fan of her back in the day. Yeah. Um so, I got one that I'm working on. I'm not even going to put a hand out, but if there's anybody you want to hear about, you make sure you you know, reach out and let us know.
2: Yeah, we appreciate the love on Facebook recently. 100%, too. We'd love, Man, yeah, we love yeah, we love it. They're mm-hmm. buying into it. Yeah,
3: yeah, and we we appreciate it. So, if there's anything you want to see or hear, let us know. Until then, you like, share, rate, review, subscribe. All that stuff cuz otherwise We're not going to be able to do this. But thank you very much. God bless. Stay safe. Hasta mañana.
0: calumniate slander traduce vilify or beam a malign in any way why do you boys consistently make me say all of them tough words don't like it thanks for joining us on the country music critic and we'll catch y'all next time